Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio A here uh, on Beit Tehillah Campus with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It's so glad to uh, be with you here in the summer months, officially. Ooh. Since last Friday. It is officially the summer months. Yes, it's going to start getting hot. Yeah. Oh, it's, well, I mean, here in Florida, it's already hot. So Don't call it the Sunshine State for nothing. So a couple things, very quickly. Um, it has been brought to our attention that when we talk about the most prolific listeners to our podcast, that this only includes those who are using the SoundCloud app to listen to the podcast. And after doing some research on the statistics side of, of our podcasting software, uh, I do understand that a good majority of our listeners are listening from an iPhone from the pad podcast app. So I would like to humbly apologize to all of you iPhone users out there uh, who are listening to this podcast through the podcast app on the iPhone that you were not even given a chance in the running to make it on that list. And so the first person on my list is Mr. Tom Postpacall. Uh, we see him every week. He's in leadership here at Beit Tehila. And, and Tom, just, just know that we know you are listening, sir. And we greatly appreciate all your feedback and all of your love and support. And uh, by the way, Tom did leave us a review this week as well. He is a biggest fan eight on our little review thing there. So uh, thank you, Tom, for your review. Thank you, Tom, for listening, and uh, all of you iPhone users, please accept our apology, and keep listening. We appreciate you, and if you're on an iPhone, guess what? You can actually review the podcast by going to the podcast page, so not on an individual episode, but if you go to the podcast page, Discovering the Hebrew Roots of Beit Tehillah, you can either scroll down or you can hit the review tab, and you can review this. Five stars, baby. Five stars for review. And just as well, uh, just to let everybody know that we did get a... Um uh, a response back from the uh, country of Norway. Yes, we did. And uh, I want to do a little shout out for Norway here. I was just looking over my DNA test results. Uh, Scandinavian is 16.5% for me, which of course entails Sweden, Norway, and Denmark. And believe it or not, I got 4.4% of Finnish. So uh, for those of you in Norway, um, just many blessings to you. Uh, you know, uh, it's exciting what the father's doing. He said he would scatter us. Uh, to the ends of the earth, but he would gather us. So I did make a promise him. to our Norwegian listener that if you are also in Norway and you have not contacted me at ryan at topraise.net and you would like to connect with other people who are in the Hebrew roots and Torah pursuant and all that, um, that you can contact me and I will try to pair you guys up so you guys can chat with each other, uh, which would be very, very cool. We would love to connect you guys. Excellent. To the, you can can chat, and I got I got some other cool emails this week too, but I'm not going to go into all that right now. Keep your emails coming. Uh, I love hearing from you guys. I do respond to pretty much every single email. So if you've sent me an email, uh, you've you've hopefully can attest to the fact that you've gotten a response. Um, it's Ryan R Y A N at topraise.net topraise.net. All right, couple other things. Just did a, a podcast episode number 101 with Luke Hilton from High Avell. Man, I really enjoyed having him here. Some people you just hit it off with. We hit it off with Luke, and I just love the High of L family. 
uh, in ministry, and, and we love the Hilton family, him and his wife Olivia and their children, and Hava Waller, who came with them as well. Uh, we hosted them, had a great time, uh, and just, like I said, go listen to the podcast. You're going to hear a little bit of Luke's heart and what he's doing, where, uh, what his story is with Highvale. And that's, I mean, that's it. We overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the lamb, right? So, uh, listen to his testimony. Uh, it's, it's a good one. So, uh, current events. So, uh, we are fast approaching the end of June and, uh, coming up in July, uh, we have some some great guests coming. So our tour guide for Israel for our tours is Hanukh Young. And uh, listen, he is an Orthodox Jew, but he loves us, meaning us that are coming out of the nations. And uh, he doesn't want to, you know, change us, just like, you know, we don't want to change him necessarily. And uh, he is coming on the 13th and on the 15th uh, to speak to our congregation. So I encourage you guys to tune in for that. Uh, we also, for our, our normally scheduled men's meeting here on site, uh, Mr. Nati Rom uh, from the land of Israel. He is the, the head of uh, Lev HaOlam over there, which is a, uh, an organization that supports the merchants of Judea and Samaria. Uh, you can go to their website, levhaolam.com, and you can subscribe to a box to get a box of goodies from Israel every month sent to your door. Uh, which is a, a fantastic thing. And we'll, we'll probably talk more about that. Um, and if I can convince him, maybe we'll even do a podcast. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not making any promises on that one uh, because I don't know how much time we're actually going to have with him. But, uh, I, I mean, it's a dream of mine. So I'm putting it out there for the Lord to hear because I think he listens to our podcast too. And last but not least, uh, if you are local to our congregation, uh, we have LL Ministries. Uh, which is a deliverance ministry coming to do Freedom Weekend, and that's going to be on the 27th and the 28th. Um, you know, we are, are big here at Beit Tehila on people being free. Um, we're also doing a uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University here because we need to get people uh, free from bondage, whether it be financially, emotionally, spiritually, the whole lot, so that we can serve the kingdom of God efficiently and effectively. And so... Uh, that's that's current events and shout-outs and everything going on. Uh, we are studying the Torah portion this week, as usual, and we are in the Torah portion, Korach, or Korah. Yeah, Korah, Numbers chapter 16, verse 1, all the way through chapter 18, verse 32. Uh, wow, what a uh, triple threat here. You know, the, the two weeks ago, we had, of course, sibling rivalry with uh, Miriam and uh, Aaron, Aaron coming against Moshe, Moses, the younger brother, and so they came against him. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, uh, marrying the Ethiopian woman. And then, of course, you know, well, well, who are you to lead the people? Aren't we all hearing from God? And this is going to play out again as well as Korah. But uh, that was a pretty hard hit for Moses, for his sister to be struck with leprosy. And then, of course, he cried out for her. He interceded for her, which is a good example that we should all be praying for our siblings. Oh, yeah. Uh, and our families. And then, of course, she was healed and put outside the camp for seven days, came back in. And then, of course, we send the... Uh, uh, the spies, or I call them the tourists, into the land to check it out. Uh, ten come back with an evil report, and then, of course, two give a good report, which are Joshua and Caleb. Uh, but the ten give an evil report. It was a breach of promise. Uh, they actually uh, they actually were uh, changing God's purpose, alternating it, and uh, wasn't a good thing. And so we see that being played out. Now, all of a sudden, we have this... Once again, triple threat. This particular Torah portion is Korah. And uh, we're going to have uh, Ryan's going to be reading Numbers chapter 16, verses 1 through 11. Uh, once again, this is the Torah portion, Korah. All right, here we go. It says, uh, Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, 
and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face, and he spake unto Korah and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near unto him, even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. This do, take you censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you that God of it, that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he hath brought thee near to him all in all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee. And seek ye the priesthood also, for which cause both Thou and thy company are gathered together against the Lord. And what is Aaron that ye murmur against him? So here we go. You know, we have, of course, a chorus from the tribe of Levi. So there's some kind of a relationship there with Moses and Aaron, of course. Uh, and then, of course, we have a conspiracy theory going on here because a conspiracy takes two or more people. So we're going to see that the uh, two gentlemen, Dathan and Abiram from the tribe of Reuben, uh, sided with Korah against Moses. Uh, interesting to find out as you look at the layout of the campsite there, uh, the uh, tribe of uh, Reuben was camped out with the Kohathites, who Korah was, of course, from. So once again, this particular priesthood, Korah, comes from the Kohathites. They were camped out with Reuben, and there was a conspiracy going on and some talking going on. And, uh, and then, of course, this is going to lead into, of course, uh, 250 uh, princes who were famous and renowned in the assembly, uh, they came forward with Korah to contest Moses' leadership. So these were no slouches. These were very prominent people. Uh, these were very renowned in the assembly. They were famous. This is basically a coup. It is. And so here, here it is. Uh, once again, you got to imagine, you know, uh, as far as communication purposes, you know, they didn't have email, cell phones, didn't even use smoke signals, except for the cloud, you know. The cloud by day and the fire by night to leave the camp. <laughs> but I will say this, uh, you know, you're talking at least, you know, two and a half million people um, that are affected by the decisions of Moses and Aaron and all these other uh, people in the assembly that are considered leadership. So, you know, the, the question is, what was the real reason for this group of people to come against Moses and Aaron? Ryan, what, what do you think was the real reason? You um, know? I mean, they came against them saying, you know, that they, um, that Moses and Aaron take too much upon themselves. But I think they're referring to power. And I think what they wanted is they wanted they wanted more a higher I, position. I think jealousy. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's so funny, Ryan. You know, I don't even have a parking spot out there in the parking lot. But 
People think ministry is like a position. Do you want a parking spot? Can we get you a parking spot? Actually, I have one theoretically, like the unwritten rule. Yeah, Don't yeah, park yeah. In a no, spot. I know. Yeah. Some people get the that. great white arc. Yeah. yeah, the great white arc. So what I'm trying to say is that, you know, uh, ministry's tough. It's hard, you know. And if you're trying to jockey for position in a ministry, it, it, it's going to be a long day. You know, ministry is about serving, about doing the will of the Father. And uh, there's, there's just not really a lot of, you know, it's not a prestigious thing like, oh, well, look at me, you know. As a matter of fact, you know, when, when Israel had to go into Egypt, he said, don't tell them you're shepherds, you know. Yeah. And, and I like to go out there in the public sector of life and not identify myself as a pastor. And I could just be like the lay people and be out there and just talk to people and be around people. Cause when you tell them you're a pastor, yeah, they have to do like an, an audit of what did I just say in front yeah, of this all guy? All of a sudden it's like, they, <laughs> they, 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 they're like, you know, um, Oh, Oh, did I say that? You know, huh. so, uh, it happened to me in the hospital, but you know, I was trying to be undercover. Then I guess word got out. Somehow the nurse found out. She says, you know, why didn't you tell me you were a pastor? You know, I said, well, I want the real you. You know, and I saw it. So um, that's cool. So once again, we're, we're having this play out. And uh, and like I said, you know, the, the, the real reason is, is probably jealousy, you know, uh, which is not good. Uh, it's definitely never good to have jealousy in ministry uh, because it never it never works out. You know, it's interesting because when my father-in-law passed away in a quick testimony here in my own personal situation, he passed away November 17, 2002. Uh, I was actually ordained in April of 2002. My father-in-law really pursued me and Rabbi Messers, hey, we're going to we're going to just anoint you guys and we're just going to cover you guys in prayer and uh, you know, um, and do this thing. And I was like, ah, oh, no, I'm good. It's all right, whatever, you know. So my wife and I go and they uh they actually anoint us and uh well, I say ordained us basically in April of that year. Well, when my father-in-law passed away in November, you know, all, all hell broke loose within the congregation to some degree, and people were wondering, well, you know, this and that. And so my most of my leadership or whatever, the people that I surrounded myself with and the worship team and different things, you know. Even my mother-in-law was like, well, Nick's the successor. He's the associate pastor. He was ordained in April, you know. And so there's a little bit of a coup there. And some people were disappointed that they were not picked to lead the congregation. Um, that actually happened uh, behind the scenes, you know, not out front too much, but behind the scenes. And so uh, some people ended up leaving or whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, I just I just share that because I think it's important that, that you understand that, uh, you know, God appoints, you know, he, he, he makes it happen, you know, and I love, I love the point that, you know, God hired me, he, he can fire me. And that's so, what, 17 years ago? It'll be 17 years. In November, right? In November. Wow, that's incredible. It, it, it is a long time. So just remember, you know, uh, never be self-appointed. You know, we'll talk about that later, I think, in this, in this particular tour portion as well, but let God appoint you. Let God bring you to where you need to be, and you'll see how things will flow, because all you have to be, Ryan, in life is obedient to what he's revealed to you and shown you. And sometimes we, we want to do something else or this or that. But just like when I always say, you know, raise up a strong community and raise up the next generation, you know, th that just won't change. You yeah. know? And the dynamics of the Jewish people coming into our congregation is great mutual respect. But, but at the end of the day, it's a strong community and raise up the next generation. You know, it's not out writing a book or going over here or doing this or doing that or, you know, venturing out. And so um, just, just think about that. You know, you should always respect leadership. Uh, and and as, as far as submission goes, submission is not a bad word. It simply means getting under and supporting, uh, you know. And, and, and matter of fact, remember what Yeshua did? He looked out over the people, Ryan, and he said, you know, I feel sorry for these people. Why? 
because they have no shepherd. Mm, yeah. You know, and I was just thinking about that, you know. Uh, this is this is what we're dealing with. This this is what's happening. So uh, we think the real reason for this group of people to come against Moses and Aaron was simply uh, jealousy, and that's not a uh, that's not a good deal, you know. And and I tell you, you know, what I love about this is that you know after Moses heard their statement, for those who contended for his leadership, man, he he went into intercession. Uh, you want to read number sixteen four, Ryan? Check it out. Look at his response to the attacks. Yeah, and when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. Wow, intercession. He's got nothing to prove. Yeah. He's appointed. He's got a vision. He's got a mandate. He's going to do it. And you'll see every time. And, and, and especially in this particular story, Ryan, it's funny how you'll have a coup or you'll have negativity. You'll have rebellion. You'll have a judgment or a plague. And then God goes right into, and these are my offerings. Yeah, that's right. So it's like business as usual. Jump back in there. We're here to worship God. You know, we're here to do that, you know, uh, but he, he makes intercession. And so, you know, so Moses told Korah and his company that the Lord would show who are his by the next day. He said, all right, you've come to me. Moses didn't try to hide the issue or run away. He said, all right, I'll tell you what, the Lord's going to show who are his by tomorrow. He says, okay, Moses told Korah and his company to have in their hands the next day censers, fire, and incense. Now, it's interesting what Moses is asking them to do because that's their job for the most part, the priesthood. So what is the censors about? It's about the altar of incense, right? The father's will. He set them up. He set them up, you know? So like they can't do censors and offer up their prayers. Like, no, we're supposed to be in charge. Those are false prayers. Think about it. So he's got, they got this, their censers, the fire, their incense. And then, of course, when Moses called for Dathan and Abiram from the tribe of Reuben, they refused to meet with Moses. And, of course, that made him angry. Which is know? a sign in and of itself. Yeah, so that made Moses angry because they made these charges. And then he wants to try to reason with them or talk with them. You know, I've noticed that uh, people that have a deluding spirit, Ryan, will not meet with you. Uh, it's happened so many times in my own personal life with, with the church and everything. I really want to meet with somebody, and they just don't want to meet. It's a deluding spirit. You're not going to reason with them. There's not going to be the art of the deal. Yeah. You know. And so, you know, what what happens now as we develop this particular storyline, it's pretty tragic. So Moses and Aaron, they fall upon their faces, of course, when they were told to separate from the congregation because the Lord was going to consume them in a moment. Right. And, and so we can see this in Numbers 16, verses 21 and 22. I'll read that. Separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? Mm. They say one bad apple ruins the whole bunch. But the bottom line is that uh, Moses intercedes like, like we need to intercede for Beit Tehillah as we are in leadership to intercede for everyone here as well. Uh, and so, you know, here's the, uh, here's the thing as well. Now, we, we see that there's, there's Korah. Uh, there's, of course... Uh, Dathan and Abiram. Dathan and Abiram from the, from the tribe of Reuben, now 250 princes. And so what I want to read and look at with you is the fact of the enemies that are coming after him now. Uh, we have this here in Proverbs chapter 24, Verses 17 and 18, it says, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. Lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath 
from him. See, so you're supposed to pray for your enemies. And even what does the New Testament say? You know, you're supposed to bless your enemies, you know. So here, here's the question. Which is interesting, because if I'm hearing that correctly, what it makes me think is that so that God will go through with his wrath and finish him off. Yeah, stay out of it. <laughs> stay out of it, you know what I'm saying? Just um, so we're clear. Yeah, so here, here's, here's a discussion, right? Uh, Moses fell on his face twice to intercede not only for his enemies, but for the rest of the children of Israel. Yeah. Now, Ryan, here's the question. Can we practice that today? Well, first off, are we uh, supposed to intercede for Trump? Oh yeah, for sure. But for well, Congress, the House, uh, the Supreme Court. I mean, but this is justices. this is for enemies, and so for for enemies. So let's just say, for example, um, you know, somebody comes in that is a detractor from Yeshua, right? So they're in the Hebrew roots, but they're kind of that snake in the grass. Which, if you've been in Hebrew roots for long enough, you know, there's people out there wolves and sheep's clothing, wolves and sheep's clothing per se, that are trying to take people away from their first love. I, I don't know about it. You guys who are listening, but we believe in Yeshua. We believe Yeshua and Yahweh are Echad. They're one. Um, and so with that being said, uh, I look at this as when I pray and I intercede, you know, yes, we pray for the individuals that, that may be uh, detracting from the, the gospel message, right? But more so, we detract from people that they might influence, or we pray for people that they might influence. We're influence, or we're interceding on behalf of the people that they will not be deceived or affected by this this false message that that people may bring out and things like that. And and also, we want to pray for for them as well, and for their salvation because we want to pray for all people. But we're more you know concerned and first and foremost concerned for the people. And in this case, the children of Israel. Yes, we want to pray for Korah. That you know he would come uh, to the understanding that God has appointed Moses and Aaron and, and submit under their leadership and and receive the blessing that comes with that. But we're also concerned about the people that Korah might you know lead astray, and he ends up doing just that. And unfortunately, they all get punished together, which we're going to catch on to here. It's kind of like tell me what you're for, not what you're against. You know, for Shavuot, Ryan, it was so incredible what a powerful service oh, that man, we had. Yeah, for sure. Even the following service, we were praying for those that were you know, afflicted or sick or whatever, or had, you know, hurt hips or backs. And man, it was so powerful, Ryan, that we were actually, you know, being productive, being creative. It was like, you know, for Shavuot, you know, I, I prayed for your daughter, Abigail. Yep. She came up. I prayed for her yep. to receive the Holy Spirit. I prayed for a number of young people. And, and that's what it's about. It's about ministering to one another. It's about helping one another. It's about encouraging one another. You know, this last week, Ryan, I was able to actually bless and help a pastor. And it was so awesome. I was so honored to be able to do it that a, a pastor approached me and need, needed some help. And, uh, and I thought, wow, man, thanks for coming to me. You know, how can I help you and everything? So I was actually able to help him. And so I was thinking to myself, Lord, thank you for letting me serve. Thank you for letting me be a help. Instead of tearing down, I get to help. You know, in whatever way I can. I just love that, Ryan, you know. And, and I say quit talking and start walking, you know. Oh, yeah. we we got to be productive. We, we've got to be productive, you know. Even if I just go out here and I got this little trash picker upper, you know, with a little grip on it and my bucket, I can just go out here in the park and just start picking up trash. Be productive, you yeah. know. Don't don't be this person that's always, you know, negative and, and just all these other things. So, so what happens is the Lord wanted Moses and the whole congregation to separate themselves from Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. You know what I'm saying? And, and so Moses foretold what would happen to the men who challenged his position before it happened. Number 1630, Ryan, if you could read that. Uh, once again, Moses, he, he foretold what would happen to the men who challenged his position before it even happened. 
So he says, but if the Lord make a new thing and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain unto her or unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. Not only is Moses going to contest them the, the, the following day, he's, he's telling them what's going to happen. Yeah. He got the insight. It's called a word of knowledge. God showed him what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, if he prophesies something, Ryan, and he says, this is what's going to happen, and it happens, he's a true prophet. What if God did something else to them? He wouldn't, he wouldn't be a true prophet. Right. He'd be a false prophet. So this is what happens, you know, in, in Numbers 16, 32. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertain unto Korah and all their goods. Numbers 16, 32. So after the men went down alive into the pit, a sinkhole. Have you heard of Florida? Uh, Florida. The earth closed up upon them and they perished from among the congregation. Right? The earth swallowed them up. That's, I mean, they're going straight to hell. I mean, what more do you want? Yeah. Earth opens up and swallows them. The very thing that we're made from, the dust of the earth, opens up and swallows them. Yeah, there's actually an incident. What is it? Four, four or five years yeah, ago? Yeah, it here? happened in Sefner. Yeah. It's actually a, swallowed a guy up in his bed. In bed. Never recovered. The ground opens up underneath never re- and swallows never recovered. him in his bed. Yeah. No, it's oh, crazy. Oh, well, you see, I don't believe that. They actually never recovered. Did they ever recover his body? I don't Not think they I did. Know of. Yeah, I don't no, think no. they did. Now, when the earth closed back up, the children of Israel fled at the cry of them. Oh, I bet. So they're hearing screams as people are falling in. Listen up for those of you that want to be rebellious to leadership. Listen to this lesson. Think about it. That's terrifying. You're hearing these guys scream as they go down into the earth, and everybody else is hearing them and running for their life. And then, of course, a, a, a fire from the Lord consumed the 200 and 50 men who had censers. So the, the people who had censers, 250 of them, the Lord consumed them, literally took their breath. And, uh, and then what happens? Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, was responsible for picking up the censers from the dead. So as a memorial, look what they do. They took the censers and made them broad plates for a covering of the altar. Wow. Because of their rebellion, those five offerings that go up, you know, the, the burnt, the, the meat or meal offering, the peace offering, trespass offering, sin offering, uh, they made broad plates for a covering of the altar as a memorial. And of course, you know, once again, think about it, everybody. Moses had his two siblings come against him, Aaron and Miriam. He's got the 10 spies came back with an evil report. Okay. Ruined it for everybody for 40 years. No getting out of that one, folks. And last but not least, now he's got, you know, Korah, and, and two other guys from the tribe of Reuben and 250 prominent princes leadership. Now, all of a sudden, look what happens. Now, another, a fourth wave. <laughs> the, the congregation the next day murmured against Moses and Aaron that they killed the people. <coughs> like, like Moses did it. Moses didn't do anything. Yeah, now, no, now, now, that, that's actually Numbers 1641, but in Numbers 1645, Moses and Aaron, um, when the Lord wanted to consume the congregation, he says, let me take them out, I'll make a people with you. They fell upon their faces, Ryan. Yeah. They fell upon their faces, and now all of a sudden, the glory of God comes, and he starts taking out the congregation. Now, check this out. If you could read Numbers 1646, Ryan, this is an excellent example of intercession. Check this out now. The plague has started. 
the glory has come down. God's starting to mete out some punishment now, some judgment. It says, And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. Wow, look at this. So, so now Moses and Aaron are going to take, uh, take matters in their own hands in, in the point of intercession. So what do they do? They take a censer and they use it for intercession. Yeah. They put the fire from the altar in the censer with the incense and they shoot and they go out. And, and of course, uh, the two types of people that Aaron stood between was, of course, the dead and the living. You know, uh, so many times we play the blame game and we want to blame the congregation or blame this person or that person. But what I want to share with you is Daniel, Daniel's prayer. And it's very important that you get this, everybody, because this is kind of where we're at. If we had to do anything right now in the earth, we need to make intercession. And I'm just going to point out a couple things from this particular prayer of Daniel and in chapter 9 verses 1 through 19 once again Daniel's prayer one of the longest prayers in the Old Testament per se uh, from a personal recorded event here but Daniel's prayer uh, in verse 5 I love what I love what, what Daniel's saying here he says we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments so Daniel is praying the we and not me or them so it's we. So the house of Israel has sinned. You know, Jesus came only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You know, God divorced the northern kingdom. He divorced the house of Israel, but not Judah. So now we want to get back into this betrothal, Ryan, in our obedience. And of course, we know that uh, because of this particular plague, 14,700 people died, you know, from the next generation. So we got to be thinking about our children or whatever, you know, that judgment's going to be coming. Yeah. And we, we need to warn our children that, you know, these are examples for, for your parents, but also for your kids and for your grandchildren. So, so uh, we, we have sinned is Daniel's prayer. And so we can't just sit back and just let this thing go. You know, just like I bring up this movement, I really pray for this movement. I pray that God will forgive us. For, for being, you know, whatever it is uh, that we're doing, a Torah terrorist or, or anti-church or calling out ministers and ministries. I, I ask for forgiveness on behalf of Beit Tehillah that, that we should not do that, you know. And, and I've had to apologize to, to pastors oh, yeah. and churches that, hey, you know, I, I ask for your forgiveness for this movement because that's not what it was intended to be or intended to do. You know, if you're grafted in, you have a right action, Ryan. You're, you're going to help and support. You're going to be a servant, a witness. You know, you're not going to be a fault finder, be judgmental, or make everybody to be who, who you are, you know, respecting where people's faith are and stuff. So we're seeing this uh, being played. Any last thoughts on that before we get into 17? I mean, just the fact that 14,700 people died in this plague. Um, you know, again, this is, this is Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And then they riled up 250 other leaders. And this group ended up with a total dying of 14,700 people because of rebellion. And it's just like, you know, get on board with God's plan and don't, don't be that guy. Don't be the Korah. You know, um, you know, we talked about this last week, but, you know, it, it says that these are examples for us so that we would learn these lessons. You know, um, the Bible doesn't condone, you know, coming against leadership. The Bible shows clearly that there's punishment for that. The Bible doesn't condone a lot of things that their stories about that a lot of people would claim, you know, oh, it's in the Bible. Yeah, it's in the Bible. And then look what happens to the guy, you know, 
I mean, he gets, oh, it's, it's not good. Now, he, here's the great extension. You know, poor Aaron, he's the middle child. You know, if you look at back at the uh, at the examples of Scripture, Miriam was obviously the firstborn. That's why she probably rose up against, you know, Moses because he was the baby brother. She saved his butt on the Nile River, you know. I saved your butt. You know, the crocodiles were going to get you, but I saved you. I brought you to, you know, Pharaoh's daughter and everything. You know, I made sure that you, you that, that, that mama nursed you and this and that, you know. And so I could see that being played out as well uh, in this particular story. But, but like I said, you know, now Aaron's the middle child, you know, the golden calf incident and everything, but God spared him. You know, God could have taken Aaron out, but, yeah. but it's kind of like with me. I've made my faults. I've, I've, I've fallen down, have to get back up, but God still uses me. You know, he's going to use all of us, even uh, though a righteous man falls seven times, he can still arise. But now we're going to have Aaron rod is going to bud. And so uh, they, they gathered 12, 12 rods and uh, every man's name on it uh, from the tribes. Uh, and, and number 17, five, it says, and it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. So clout, Aaron's going to get some clout from the Lord, some confirmation, some confirmation, position, right? Yeah. Cause, cause he's not self-appointed by no means. Aaron doesn't nowhere do I see him appointing himself at all. So, so what we're having here is what the Lord's gonna gonna say and do, um, and He's given instructions, and I love it. You know, Ryan, God gives me instructions about the two houses, about the Jews and the, and 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 the nations and things, and so I just follow His lead. You know, whatever whatever the inspiration is, just follow the Lord's leading. You know, and uh, you know, and and so Moses laid all twelve rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness, and the next day the rod of Aaron budded bloomed blossoms and yielded almonds wow and the lord told moses to lay aaron's rod before the testimony so there you have it a sign and a wonder for leadership sometimes i wish i could have that you know give me some signs and wonders lord i see signs and wonders around here all the time what are you talking about let the people see this you know and so what came to my mind was this ryan um like yeshua looking out over the people you know i feel sorry for them for they have no shepherd you know, it, it's so sad in the movement that, you know, people believe in church government and pastors and elders and leaders, and then they, they leave the church and they throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, we don't need leadership. You know what I admire about the children of Israel in their fallen state? I love them that they actually wanted a leader to take them back to Egypt. They had enough <laughs> common sense to say, hey, we want to go back to Egypt. We need a leader. I love that, man. You don't see that today. Who's dumb enough to lead us back there? So, so here's, here's some, some good verses, you know, in Jeremiah 3.15. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. See, not fault finding, not a bully pulpit, feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so why is it important to follow a pastor that is God-appointed and not self-appointed. Think about that, everybody. Why is it important to follow a pastor that is God-appointed and not self-appointed? Uh, you can actually see this, actually, the greater Exodus in Jeremiah chapter 23. Move over a few more ver verses and chapters, but verses 1 through 8, verse 4 talks about the shepherds that God's going to raise up. Uh, verses 7 and 8 of Jeremiah chapter 23 is, is actually the greater Exodus. Uh, and I do believe... Uh, you know, um, in Ephesians 4.11, we have a, uh, a great example here in Ephesians. Oh, yeah. Right after Galatians, 
in Ephesians 4.11, it says, uh, let's see here. Did I write that down? That's right? still Galatians. Yeah, that's right. We got to go to Ephesians. <laughs> there we go, right there. Ephesians 4.11 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. What do we call it? The fivefold ministry? That's right. So, so, so let me ask you this, Ryan. If you're out there running around like a chicken with your head cut off in your Hebrew roots, but you don't have the fivefold ministry, what do you, what do you have? You don't have anything. What do you have? You know, this is the thing that, that gets me, you know, and this is what we have to be remind, remindful of, you know, um, uh, also some encouraging advice here for pastoral epistles for if you want to be in leadership or a pastor, I highly recommend you read first and second Timothy and Titus first and second Timothy and Titus. Um, another great resource book is the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by John C. Maxwell. He's just having an anniversary and an updated version very, very good book. If you follow the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell, you will be a better leader. Uh, and that's what I'm always doing, trying to better myself. The first person you lead is yourself. So through conferences and through teachings and different things and resources, uh, you have to hone your uh, management skills with people, your leadership skills all the time. And so uh, I love to see where God just uh, raises up uh, leaders in the days in which we live, Ryan. I I mean, I, I agree. I think that uh, people can spot a fake or a fraud from a mile away. So if you're not leading yourself, if you don't believe your own What did Jesus say? Do stuff, as they say. Right. Don't be doing what they're doing. Right. Exactly right. Well, and that's just it. And, and, and the people felt oppressed at that point anyways. And, and he knew I think that. God's going to raise up some good leadership in the days in which we live. I really do. Uh, you know, it, it's like anything, you know, you have to understand. Uh, it's kind of like with Hi Yovel, with Tommy and Sherry Waller, you know, very strong leaders, oh, very yeah. strong family. Very strong I do leaders. believe that they have 30 grandchildren under the age of eight, 30 grandchildren. And they're, they're just getting started. They're, they're not a church. They're a country. They, well, they, they're you a know, small it's just that, country. It's like the Israelites. They, they, they started out as a family and they became a nation, right? I'm telling you what. I mean, imagine that in 430 years, you can count over 600,000 men. <sighs> wow. There's something in the water cooler. You know, the point of, of having pastors is is to advance the kingdom, right? Is to shepherd the people and to guide them uh, into the kingdom, into to to walking with Yeshua, walking in His ways, and all of those things. So, um, you know, there's other pieces of that fivefold ministry, uh, but all of them are equipped and sent out from a congregation and, and kind of from a pastor. And so, I think it's important that everybody has a everybody needs a coach, right? Everybody needs somebody um, in their corner. Uh, supporting them and, and loving them and all that. And so without a pastor, um, then, you know, in, from a spiritual standpoint, then you really don't have have that, somebody that, that knows you and loves you and cares for you. And that, that pastor, especially on that local level, um, is super important. I'm thankful for you, Pastor Nick. Thank you. My... Toda Rabah. Yeah. Toda Rabah. You know, it's interesting, too, because here, here's where it gets really good. Oh, so you want to be a leader? Really? Mm. You want to be a leader? Okay, well, check this out. So I love how God does the Torah portions because he like lays it out like a template, you know. Oh, so you want to be a leader? Okay, well, check this out. Uh, what two things were Aaron and his sons to bear, Ryan, in Numbers 18, verse 1? So, it's it, you know, I was having an interesting conversation about leadership this morning, but it, the iniquity of the sanctuary and the priesthood were the wow. two things they were to bear. The iniquity of the sanctuary and the priesthood. Now, I want to st stop, stop you right there because here's the thing. What came to my mind, Ryan, was, of course, the example is uh, the Day of Atonement. Right. So, so now it's kind of like, you know, you got to take the burden of the, of the place and the people. 
you know. So if you don't like to solve problems, don't be in leadership. Don't be in leadership, right? So I was reminded of in Leviticus chapter 16, uh, let scripture interpret scripture. So we're in, we're in verse 16 here. This is the day of atonement. It says, and he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions and all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. Verses 20 through 22 of Leviticus 16. He says this, and when he hath made an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness and the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited, and he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. So we know the priesthood went bad in the, in the, in the first century church. The priesthood went bad. The temple went bad. You know, there was injustice. There was just things happening there that were not kosher. They were not good. Uh, so what I'm saying is that, you know, the priest is responsible for the temple, the place of meeting, like Beit Tehillah, our beautiful sanctuary, and then, of course, the people, yeah. uh, the sins of the people, you know. So we can commit sins in a place, and it can bring defilement or whatever. Uh, it would be like showing a, an X-rated movie in the sanctuary or something, or, or, or whatever it is. I mean, yeah. you could do whatever. I mean, maybe you open it up to, I don't know. Yeah, we could go into a many different we things we, we could do to defile We won't get into that, but we think that the sanctuary Let's is a sanctuary. Let's just not defile it, yeah. Let's not defile it. So, you know, the thing is, though, um, the three things that can be contaminated, we know, are what? Skin, clothing, and houses. Skin, clothing, and houses. L look at all the body piercing and tattoos that are happening right now. And then also with that, look at some of the clothing that people are wearing and what it says on the clothing. Oh, it's crazy it, to it's me. It's just really... Uh, it's just pretty, pretty bad. So on the, on the heels of that particular reference of the uh, sanctuary and everything, we have, of course, the, uh, uh, the Levites' main responsibility was the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. You know, Ryan, God's really put it in my heart, and I've been so blessed to make it to the services and to be here and different things, and sometimes I have, a miss, I have to miss, but, but it's, it's, it's like God has put into my heart that I got a church to run, a place to operate a place for an appointment, you know, opportunities. You know, every time we have a service, it's an opportunity. You know, we had a, a young man coming off the street. He says, yeah, I found you guys through GPS. And he comes in and everything and, and just really enjoyed the service. Just came in right off the street, you know. And so here we were prepared for that, you know. We're, we're a sanctuary. We're prepared. And, and so uh, the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. It's so important uh, to build up and be a part of the local church and to give towards that. Amen. Amen. And a little praise report, too, as well. Uh, we got our water fountain fixed. For those of you that like to drink out of the water fountain but you haven't, because it's been hot water. Well, it's cold and filtered now, and so we, we'd like for you to, to enjoy that. Uh, Jesus <laughs> said, you shall not thirst. And uh, matter of fact, the one guy that was putting it in was a retired pastor. Oh, wow. And uh, and so he, he, he was talking so about... So he installed the river of living water? He did. Oh, And we God. were talking. I said, you know, I said, Moses was told to speak to the rock. And I said, now it's cold water. 
And that's what I speak to this water fountain. Cold water come out of it. Speak to it. He started laughing. And so he was sharing something with yeah, me. Yeah, don't he, strike the water fountain. No, but th this particular gentleman was, was sharing this with me. He, he said that, uh, did you know that, that when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, that Moses, you know, he had to offer them uh, chiropractic care uh, because of their stiff necks? Ha, brumch. I'm going to move on now. Did you like that? I'm not really a joke teller. Like a stiff neck? But leave me out of this, all right? <laughs> so the following offerings were most holy for the priests and their sons. Think about this now. I, I was talking to Ryan about this earlier, that every time these people, you know, we messed up or there's a, like a, 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 I don't know, there's casualties, you know, there's, there's trouble. God goes right into offerings. Oh, yeah. Oh, when you bring your offerings, like, okay, let's pick this thing up, you know. So we have, of course, oblations. Uh, meat offerings, sin offerings, trespass offerings. This is found in, of course, uh, uh, Numbers 18.9. And uh, I'm going to have Ryan read Numbers 18.20, a very important verse in regard to the priesthood and the Levites. Numbers 18.20. It says, And the Lord spake unto Aaron, Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part among them. I am thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. So what was the Levites' inheritance? The it was, Lord. It was the Lord. Wow. Whew. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. And of course, the Levites are going to receive for their service a tenth. Uh, that's what the Levites are going to receive for their service, a tenth. Which out of 12 tribes, that's an extra 20%. You know what I'm you saying? You know, uh, definitely the priesthood was taken care of. You know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing, Ryan, that kind of disappoints me probably the most is that, you know, pastors and elders and leadership, um, all these ministries are here to help people. Yeah. We're here to help people. We're not here to beat people up, you know, and, and I just, you know, I just, I just realized that, you know, with, with what I'm going through, uh, I finally understand that I have to have a lot more intercession, grace and mercy for people because I really feel like everybody that's coming to me is prideful, arrogant, mean spoken, you know, let you have it. Oh yeah. And here I'm a pastor, right? And I'm like, I'm here to help people. Right. You know, it's not like I'm in charge of the complaint department, but it's like, you know, I was just thinking, you know, my, my true job is like, let's say that somebody's going through something and they say, hey, pastor, can I meet with you? Can I talk with you? And they come and they meet with me and we talk and we pray and then I can help them. Sure. I don't get a lot of that, Ryan. I get all the other stuff. Yeah. But that's what, what it's all about. You got to kind of filter it. I'm only sharing this with you because it kind of hit me. Yeah. Like that, it could take its toll on you psychologically. Like you want to help people. For sure. But you can't help meanness. Yeah. Or opinions. You, you can kind of, you know, respect it or whatever, but you can't really recover from that for that person because well, unfortunately, they're setting their ways and they're going to let you have it. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, and that's why, you know, people are going to drugs and alcohol oh, yeah. and binge eating, whatever it is you want to do to think you're going to solve your problems. But really, the clergy, the pastors, the, the, the priests, are here to help you. They're your, they're your coach. They're your number one fan, you know? So just a thought, just a thought, you know, I, I, I would rather see people say, Hey, you know, uh, it's kind of like, you know, it's like anything. Do we recognize the need for a savior or a relationship with Yeshua? Are we just caught up in our own little world, our own little ways? And I have a position to look at me, but for me, he's the good shepherd. Right. I got to answer to him. I go to him about these things. See, and he shows me, he weighs it out. But uh, these are the times we're living in, you know, and I don't want to get into it in a, in a lengthy discussion, but you can check out 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and there's five tests, 
Matter of fact, uh, there's actually five tests that are found there that we're all going to face. If you if you say you're grafted in, well, in chapter ten, verse six is the the one I mentioned earlier, right? Right. So so basically, the five tests are lust, idolatry, fornication, tempting the Lord, and murmuring. Yep. It's all right there in First Corinthians ten. Admonitions from Israel's history, and you know what? The murmuring, man. We gotta we gotta stop this. Oh yeah, we got to work on this. Yeah, we got to catch ourselves, you know. So anyway, uh, I I think it's an incredible uh, particular portion. Of course, as we look at what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Korah from a consensus of the group. I know we didn't meet this last Monday. We had an awesome family and guests, but but what would you say, Ryan, mm-hmm. would be would be one thing, and then I'll, I'll give another. All right. Well, I mean, I've got two things. So we'll go ahead and share yeah. your two things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, go, I'm, I'm getting in there. All right, so my first thing was that uh, leaders are appointed by God. Uh, God calls and God equips. And so I think that uh, many times we try to jockey for position, uh, but it is ultimately God that appoints leadership. And we need to remember that when it comes to the president, when it comes to pastors, when it comes to you know, all of it, uh, we need to, to keep that in mind. And, and kind of remember Gamaliel's um, whole, whole speech to the, his speech to the, um, to the Sanhedrin that, hey, look, if this is not of God, then it'll be a passing fad. But if it is, then don't find yourself fighting against God. And so don't find yourself fighting against a leader that has been appointed by God. <coughs> Excuse me. So the second thing I wanted to mention is that uh, leadership is a sacrifice. Um, don't get it twisted. I think lots of people see that there may be fringe benefits of being in charge and maybe the possibility of using those fringe benefits inappropriately and that entices people, whether it be uh, control or power or money or whatever. But, um, you know, even uh, the mother of James and John goes to Jesus and says, you know, as a good Jewish mother should, right? You know, hey, take my my sons and, and put them on your left hand and on your right hand, right? And... You know, what Jesus says is, that's not my place to give, you know, that don't be, don't be jockeying for position, you know, and many times when we're, when we're having to, to, to find the angle or to push or to do something, it's because we're not ready and maybe we're not mature enough for it. Um, you know, when, when God has a position for us, we'll have to, to be put in that position to pray about it and to, um, and to, to consider it because it, it, we're going to have to weigh the pros and cons, right? It's almost like, you know, from a constitutional perspective here in the United States, going to Congress, going to, you know, be the president or going to be any elected representative and representing your community um, should be a sacrifice, right? I mean, you're coming from a, a successful position in your community, which is the reason why you're, you're boasted up to the, to the level that they would be sending you to represent them, um, that it should be a sacrifice, uh, and not something that's just cush job. And, and unfortunately, it's it's flipped on its head at the moment in the U.S., but um, that's ultimately how it's supposed to be. It's a, a sacrifice. Leadership is a sacrifice, you know, that you're serving the people. You know, Jesus is a servant. He says that you want to be a leader? Serve, right? That's just awesome. like I serve, because even the Son of Man didn't come, you know, to, to lord it over you, but to, to serve. And, you know, if I had to say my two points is this, and especially the times when we should live, Ryan, you know, we, we need God to raise up shepherds after his own heart. And we can start to see it now, you know, and, and, and the people that I run into, the pastors that are accepting of us as, as a congregation or community and all the things that we're doing, everybody that I'm associated with, right? It's funny how they're kingdom minded. Yeah. They're not so, they're not into denominations 
or their little territory. They're not territorial. They're like kingdom minded, you know, and I love that. I get along with those. Uh, All Pro Pastors Ministry is a great ministry. Paul Pickering leads uh, to help pastors and everything. And and Paul is actually kingdom minded. And so he does very well at that. And so uh, my first thing would be in this particular portion is God appointed versus self-appointed. You know, you got to watch out for that. You know, it's just not worth it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, let's say you're a great public speaker, but you just want to write a book and force a book. You just want to write a book, you know, or maybe you should write a book and not be a public speaker. You know, I can see this happening sometimes with gifts where, you know, if you're strong in something, stay with that. Not that anybody can't speak or write a book. I'm just pointing out that you got to flow into the gifts that God has given you. So that's number one, God appointed versus self-appointed. Number two, this really stands out to, to me today to even, I'm even going to be doing this today is intercession for your enemies and the rebellious. Ooh. Intercession, just lifting them up. Takes you know? a special lifting those person. people up and lifting them up, you know, and praying that God brings in and God takes out, you know, because there's a vetting process. You know, people are still trying to get over Donald Trump as the candidate for the Republican Party, that he beat out 16 other people. They just can't believe it. But it just happened that way, you know. And, and even though this is a democracy, I believe that God puts people in power, puts oh, people no in doubt. place. No doubt. Uh, and right, it was so funny that, you know, Hillary Clinton was ahead in the polls. Oh, yeah. It was a done deal. Yep. She had it all set up. She even had a glass ceiling that she was going to bust. But man, her party came crashing down soon after. She was not elected the next president of the United States of America. Yeah. So tough, once again, we got to be careful. Boy, some unmet expectations in that camp. But oh, anyway, yeah. uh, we appreciate all of you that are listening. We want to encourage you that this, this is an opportunity for all of us. Enjoy the Shabbat. Read the Torah portions. Uh, get into that New Testament, amen? Uh, if you're interested in being in leadership and you want to lead a small group, anything you want to do, uh, feel free to let us know. We'll give you some pointers. We'll give you some, some, some help in that area. And then, of course, uh, like I said, you know, uh, just, just get into the Word. Let the Word get into you. And, and check out First and Second Timothy and Titus. Uh, definitely some great, great uh, leadership skill sets right in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to reach out to me, uh, any questions or, or comments or, or anything like that, go ahead and send me an email at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. Here in the U.S., it's 813-654-2222. That's the number for the office. Um, just a, a recap of our July events coming up next month. Uh, we have Hanok Young speaking on the 13th and the 15th. We have uh, Mr. Nadi Ram uh, coming on the 17th, which is a Wednesday night. And we have a Freedom Weekend uh, with LL Ministries on the 27th and 28th. We'd love for you guys to join us either through live stream uh, and or uh, in person for any of those events. As you guys know, we live stream all of our Shabbat services uh, every Saturday at 11. Uh, would love to uh, see you guys then. Uh, and we just, man, I, I, Pastor Nick and I talk about the podcast, how we can make it better. We, we, I mean, we just, we just think about and pray about you guys all the time. And so thank you guys for your support through listening. Thank you for your support through leaving reviews and sharing this on social media and, and fighting the good fight of faith. Uh, may God bless you uh, and have a great week.